The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Hello, adulting with ADHD fam. Sarah here with an announcement. This summer, we're hitting replay on some of our all-time favorite episodes. And as always, if you want to catch them all, visit patreon.com slash adultingwithadhd. This is the Adulting with ADHD podcast, self-empowerment for people with ADHD. This week, we have another super amazing episode for you guys. I was able to track down Dr. Sandra Cooey. Some of you are probably familiar, but for those of you who are not, um, Dr. Cooey has been doing a lot of research in the area of women's hormones and ADHD. And uh, by popular demand, I went and checked out a webinar she gave in October of last year, which I'll link to in the show notes. And talking to her was very, very interesting within the context of hormones and ADHD. Dr. Cooey started as a psychiatrist in 1995 with the development of diagnostic assessment, treatment, and research in the field of adult ADHD in the Netherlands. Now she's involved in research, treating patients, training professionals, informing the public, that's us, publishing articles and websites. So yeah, you came highly recommended to me. I was interviewing other subjects and and they were talking about the, the webinar you did with, I believe, ADHD Europe or the, right. the EU ADHD Network and and everyone's just been raving about that. And I think that webinar made a huge impact on a lot of people in our community. And there's been a lot of excitement around it. So that was really exciting to come across your webinar because I had somehow missed it. And so I went and watched it and it was just, I was just blown away. And I, I think the most interesting part I'd like to hear more about is the difficulty there must be in researching this topic. Do you want to speak a little bit about that? It's not difficult to listen to women with ADHD when you treat them for 25 years as I did. And uh, they tell me all the time that they suffer from premenstrual symptoms that are more severe than usual and that they, those complaints also seem more frequent. So the first thing I did is four years ago, I went to a conference of, for women with ADHD uh, I was a speaker there and I was um, I could ask questions to the audience. So I, I made a survey that very afternoon asking them about premenstrual complaints, postnatal complaints and climacteric symptoms, mood symptoms, anxiety. Uh, but of, of course, it's also mixed with ADHD itself. You cannot distinguish it very well because it's all a mix. Uh, but we used uh, validated questionnaires made uh, adjusted for self-report. And so I had in one day 200 questionnaires filled in by women with ADHD. And we repeated that same study in my department in the Netherlands in, at PsyQ in The Hague, where I work now for 20 years. Mm -hmm. And uh, we had around 200 women with ADHD. 
and we compared the prevalences of the complaints in those three episodes with hormonal changes to the general population studies that were published already using the same questionnaires. Okay. So we didn't have a real control group, which would be more elegant, but we had the prevalence rates in the population among women in general in our country. And what we found was confirmation of the hypothesis that there's something going on regarding hormonal mood changes and probably also HD severity increases premenstrually, postnatally and during perimenopause. The frequency of the symptoms was two to three times increased in all episodes and the severity was also increased. So this is a clear indication that that it's right what what women tell me and that there's really a difference between women in general who may suffer from similar complaints but they are more severe and they're more frequent. Postnatal depression for instance was was had happened at least once in 60% of women. This is really deviant. That means that if you go to a clinic for postnatal depression you may find a lot of ADHD if you ever knew it was there if you would screen for it. And it might very well be untreated ADHD of women not being aware of the condition, not being treated. So uh, this is a new era of research. Same is true for perimenopausal complaints uh, that are fairly common, but often neglected in general. But in women with ADHD, it's definitely more severe. So many women in their perimenopausal life phase They come for the first time for assessment of ADHD because they have suffered like, of course, for always from ADHD symptoms from childhood on, but they were able to cope one way or the other because they were intelligent, because they had a supportive environment. But when the hormones (laughs) are really going down, and this is is for a long time, it's, listen to the the premenstrual period is only one week. The postnatal period is a few months, but perimenopausal period is 10 years. So this is really a long time. And then people cannot cope anymore and they don't have an escape. Nobody understands. So when we found these results, I was more intrigued about what's behind this. Of course, the common ground of all three episodes is a change in hormones, especially estrogen. Uh, which is uh, disturbed or dysregulated. It's going down anyway. And I studied the literature to check what estrogen does on the brain. And estrogen proves to be very similar to dopamine. And dopamine is a neurotransmitter in the brain that's involved in ADHD. It helps us to focus, to have overview, to have peace of mind, to feel happiness and reward Mm -hmm. and to be focused. And to be able to control anger and other emotions. So if you have enough dopamine, you're more stable. And that's exactly what ADC people often are not. They're not stable. They're moody. They're hyperactive, impulsive, inattentive, chaotic. um, And uh, their mood changes all the time, every day. Uh, But when estrogen goes down in women with ADHD, in that premenstrual week, for instance, Um, you have twice nothing. So your dopamine is low because of ADHD. We assume, we cannot measure it, but we assume it's a hypodopaminergic condition. Mm. And estrogen goes down as well, which is a kind of dopamine agonist 
it works as a reinforcer of dopamine. Mm -hmm. Then you have twice nothing. Nothing to cope with mood swings, hyperactivity, impulsivity, chaos, uh, lack of focus, and um, and so on. And, well, we, we're all aware that premenstrual episode is characterized by um, depression as well, mm-hmm. severe depression yeah. even, including suicidality every month. Yeah. It goes yeah. away after a week locally. Yeah. Yeah. But it's, it's severe to have this every month on a, on a regular basis. And because it's going away, uh, when the estrogen level rises in the first week of the cycle, this is normal, then the mood improves and your focus and your control improves as well because estrogen does what dopamine also should do. Right. So this is very intriguing. My aim was to study hormone levels, ADHD symptoms and mood symptoms in a cycle. But I wrote this proposal for a study and it was never, I never got it through the medical ethical committee for some reason I don't understand. Yes. <laughs> and so I didn't get the money to yes. do it. And in general, it's, it's hard to study hormones because they change all the time. Yeah. And that's one of the reasons that hormonal, that women haven't been studied in general in medicine as much as they should. Because they're less reliable subjects compared to men yes. who have no mood changes or hormonal changes all the time. Mm-hmm. So that's one of the reasons in, in medicine in general that men have been more studied than women, which is a shame after all, because women are different and have their own issues, especially hormonal issues. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> so there is little, too little known, in fact, about the female body, the female hormonal change, the impact on cognition, memory, mood, um, and so on. But what we, however, do know not from studies in ADHD women, but in general, women in the general population, Mm -hmm. is that women who suffer from PMDD, premenstrual dysphoric disorder, which is the depressive form of premenstrual syndrome. Premenstrual syndrome is the the lighter version of PMDD. Mm -hmm. PMDD is really depression during one week. Uh, The level of of the mood is lower. This is well-treated. Proven effective treatment is an antidepressant. And this is called an SSRI, serotonergic reuptake inhibitor. There are several of them. And they have been studied already 20 years ago, I think, in women in general, mm-hmm. to treat them the last two weeks of the cycle with this SSRI. And this, these studies have shown that the symptoms of PMDD improve or go away. I have done it often uh, with women with ADHD as well. Yes. And I learned that they often then tell me I'm now better the second half of the cycle as compared to the first half. <laughs> and that's wow. from this from this experience, I learned that it might be better to treat them the whole month and not letting them have to think about what day of the cycle is and should I start, should I stop? It's all too complicated and it's, it's the, the added value is, uh, isn't there as when the second half is better than the first half when there is not this antidepressant. So people improved experience and improved mood. And it's special because antidepressants usually work only after four weeks. That's what I was wondering, yeah. Yeah, but in this fluctuating hormonal mood changes, it's, oh. it works faster. Interesting. 
So it works. It works in from the second, from the third week and the fourth week. It works. But when you experience that your mood is better in the second half, the cycle as compared to the first, you better take it all the whole month. Right. Because PMDD is related to depression. It is a mood disorder. But it only comes with when the estrogen drops. And uh, as such, some people can cope and others really suffer every month. And they should have this treatment, I think. Correct. Yeah. I have a question. How do you approach this with your practitioner? I, I find that it's not very known, at least at least among the people I've talked with here in the U.S. It doesn't either. There's not a lot known about it or doctors aren't really receptive to hearing about it. Uh, do you have any advice for that? Well, people don't feel uh, uh, very certain about the knowledge. Mm -hmm. Although it's out there for 20 years, what I'm telling you now about the SSRIs is the same is true for hormonal suppletion or an oral anticonceptive treatment, yes. which is hormone treatment. Right. And this this works very well as long as you don't stop in the third week. Right. Then you induce again an estrogen drop. And then you um, get the symptoms back. So that's not helpful. You should treat yourself four weeks all the time. Mm -hmm. And there's no medical reason why you shouldn't, because you're not really having a menstruation after all. It's just a withdrawal bleeding. And it's just for your own experience that you kind, kind of have a, a period which is not a real period because you have not a real hormonal cycle. It's suppressed by the hormones. Mm -hmm. So the trick is that the hormones should be stabilized the whole month. And the pill with estrogen and progesterone can do that. Mm -hmm. But you shouldn't have the stop week. There are two ways to treat PMDD. The, the pill or the oral anticonceptives are uh, better for people with a lot of physical symptoms such as uh, bloating, feeling uh, ten having tender breasts, uh, feeling a bit, uh, I don't know what. <laughs> yeah, the bloating, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So this, the physical symptoms are best treated with hormones mm -hmm. and the mood symptoms may be uh, better treated with an SSRI. Hi there, it's Sarah again. Hope you are enjoying the replay. I'm thrilled to announce a new tier for the show, Friends of the Show. This exclusive Patreon tier offers some sweet perks for those who want to show extra support and also get their name out there. To get started, visit patreon.com slash adultingwithadhd. Please know that some restrictions apply. So this is knowledge from women in general, studies in women in general, but they work very well in ADHD as well. Okay. So it depends on whether you can use hormones after all. You should discuss it with a GP. Uh, in your in your case, with your history, your family history regarding cancer and, and so on and so on. So you, you should make a, um, a decision based on good advice from the doctor. But there are two ways to go. And that's at least better than one. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so if I wanted to, I could take this 20 years of research to my doctor, maybe. Is that a solution? <laughs> uh, we published paper using the questionnaires in women, 200 women with ADHD compared yeah. to data from the general population. Okay. And it's published under the name of Dorani. Okay. D-O-R-A-N-I, Dorani. Okay. It was published last year, 2020. Okay. So this is something that you can show that there is some data now. That we are the, among the first. Mm -hmm. There are many, many more people who have the same hypothesis as I have because they also study the literature. 
and they found that estrogen is in fact a neurotransmitter working in the same way in the brain as dopamine and noradrenaline and serotonin and other stuff. So it's, there's not a strict division between hormones, the immune system, and neurotransmission. Wow. All those uh, compounds talk to each other in the brain. There's no communication lack. It's, it's wonderful. Wow. That, and for, for you guys listening, I'm going to link this study in the show notes so that you guys can access it. Because that, that sounds like something really helpful. To I hope so. I hope so. This is the aim of the whole study, that we find out better solutions for women with ADHD, of course. Yeah, absolutely. So when you you mentioned your questionnaire, you're always looking for more people, right? To fill out questionnaires. Is that something you're looking for? No, not not at the moment. Sorry. No, okay. I I heard something on the webinar about maybe you had a questionnaire, but that must have been like a separate thing. So no, no, no. I did have this questionnaire, but we studied two samples already of 200 women. Oh, okay. One at the ADG Women Conference in this one afternoon, when 200 women filled in, and one in my department with diagnosed women with ADHD that were in treatment with us, and those results were very similar. Gotcha. So I do believe those data now. It's qualified. (laughs) I tend to believe them. And uh, (laughs) the next step step would be to measure objectively ADHD severity in the last week of the cycle, and mood severity. So we're currently trying to do that. Yes, tell me about But this that. is not a questionnaire study as such. This is a study using the QB test. Maybe you've heard of it? No? Q- QB. QB, quantitative behavior test. Okay, yeah. It's a, it's a computer test that measures objectively ADHD symptoms. So it measures uh, your movements using an infrared camera. It measures uh, inattention and impulsivity. And this is compared to a database of normed controls of the same age and gender. And this is a a test that we use in clinical practice a lot to study the effects of medication. Mm -hmm. You want to see a decrease of severity using medication, of course. And when it's not there, there might be a non-response or something. But you can also use this uh, severity to show an increase during the cycle in women with ADHD. Interesting. Wow. Yeah. Wow. So I try to do stuff without money now. (laughs) I was about to ask. This is a very (laughs) solution here that you've come up with. So you've been forced to be creative because of the lack of funding, basically. You you have to be. As a researcher, when you're not creative, you can forget about it. Right. (laughs) Yeah. Well, uh, the the reason I was asking about the questionnaire is I was curious if there was any way we could support you or your efforts. If there's any, you have a website or something where we can amplify your message and the work you're doing and and get the word out more. Yeah. Well, let's keep in contact, I would say, because at this very moment, I I don't immediately have uh, something that that I need your help with, but it might it might happen in the near future. Okay. And this will be great. So let's keep in touch. Absolutely. And my listeners, I can tell you right now, they are, they are chomping at the bit to, to help this cause. So I'm sure whatever you need, I'm sure we'll be able to help you out. Well, maybe not anything, but you know, data, we're here. I can imagine because those answers are urgently needed. Uh, Science is a bit behind when it comes to women in general, and especially when it comes to women with ADHD. 
yeah. unfortunately. But something has to be done. Yes. And I hope, I hope I won't be the only one uh, looking into this corner because there's, there's a lot to find, I think. It's also important to understand that you can treat postnatal depression and perimenopausal uh, severity of mood symptoms and ADHD severity. You can treat the same way. So again, an SSRI for depression and or uh, oral contraceptives or hormone suppletion. And oral contraceptives should not have a stop week. That's important. The no stop week is the message I'm getting is just um, keep taking it all the way around. Yeah. It sounds like a lot of it is getting your gynecologist in sync with your psychiatrist and making sure they're um, working together, it sounds like. At least here in the U.S., I mean, they're they're disjointed. So I feel like the hand's not talking to the foot. It's like all these different people you kind of have to update at the same time and yeah. get them working together. That's where medical research is meant to be. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so I got to get that study and print it out and just take it everywhere I go. <laughs> well, yes. Um, sometimes the people themselves are the, the best promoters, ambassadors yeah. of the message. Because yes, it's yes. it's in your uh, it's for your benefit uh, to have the word out, and it's it can be very powerful. Oh, I, I have to share something else. Some patients of mine tell me another a third route to treat the symptoms, and that is a temporarily increase of the ADHD medication. Yes, I have heard that before. The, the and I must I must warn you that it has not been studied. Okay. And I don't know whether that's a good idea or not. And I don't, neither do I know whether it's a good idea for any, everybody. But it makes sense based on the hypothesis that estrogen and dopamine interact and enhance each other. So if you increase estrogen using a pill, the pill, you could as well increase dopamine using the ADHD medications. That's right, because they're the same type of messengers. And so... They have a similar impact on the brain. That's really interesting. It, I haven't heard it worded that way before. So uh, it just, something just clicked in my brain while I'm talking to you because that I haven't heard a lot of people describe it in that way before, but they, they have a similar impact on their brains and they're I'm just thinking out loud at this point, <laughs> just being, my medicine wore off uh, about an hour ago. <laughs> it's all fine. No problem. Yeah. So Let's close out and tell people where they can find you and stay in touch with you and, and stay on top of what you're doing these days. Is there a good website that they can go to? Not yet on this topic, I must say. Um, I'm the, the founder of the Diva Foundation, which is oh, nice yes. for women to hear the Diva <laughs> Foundation. Yes. But it's the diagnostic interview for ADHD in adults that we translated now in 22 languages. Okay. And it's called Diva 5 because it's based on DSM-5 criteria for ADHD. Okay. So it's now in Japan, in Russia, in China almost. We're going to India. Wonderful. Uh, it's, it's amazing. So it's really a worldwide instrument now. And um, this is a website that, that I have. I've, I'm also the founder of the European Network Adult ADHD. Okay. That brings together professionals in Europe to help and support each other to increase awareness, to do research, to organize education, and so on. Well, I started a department in the Netherlands for adult ADHD. 
I'm teaching uh, every day, I would say. <laughs> and um, I'm doing research, seeing complicated patients, complex patients, and advising my colleagues because I have 25 years of experience by now. And yes. then you have to share your knowledge. It's about time. <laughs> Wow. But I've done this always, so I love it. And um, I will continue to be curious and to study and try to answer the questions of patients because I have learned most of my patients, not from the books, because when I started, the books were just starting to be written. And uh, ADHD in adults was almost not existing. So I had to learn from those who told me about their life and their symptoms and it, it's 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 very rewarding well thank yeah. you very much for the work that you do for us we're very excited about it and i'm going to um, links in the show notes for the listeners and um we will just stay in touch then it sounds like oh wonderful wonderful to meet you sandra thank you for being here thanks for your attention and we keep in touch absolutely i'll talk to you soon I've always wondered if weighted blankets could help me with anxiety. During the pandemic, it was the perfect opportunity to find out. Ever since the first night I have slept with my weighted blanket, I have had very relaxing sleep. Don't deal with insomnia nearly as often. And at a point where I don't want to sleep without it, it is, it is that awesome. To find out which blanket I use, it's just so comfortable and so beautiful. Go to adultingwithadhd.com slash mosaic and you'll see my favorite one and there's many, many others to choose from.